Good morning and welcome to the 7am Bible. This is Paul Chapman and this is episode number 53. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the good night's rest. We thank you for waking us refreshed to another day and we pray now as we open your word together, we'll take something from it for our soul's need this day. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you've just joined us, we've been going through the life of Jacob. In the last episode, we looked at the death of Jacob's wife, Rachel. Reuben's crime against his father and why Jacob and Esau said their last goodbyes. This was in accordance with God's will for Jacob. They were no longer estranged by jealousy or hatred, but as I shared yesterday, they differed so greatly in regard to religious faith. It was better, we read there, that it was better for them to dwell apart. This was the last we heard of the personal history of Esau in the Bible. But we do have one difficult utterance of God concerning him. In discussing God's election of Jacob and his descendants as his chosen people, Paul declared in Romans 9.13, As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Now, did God really hate Esau? Well, we know that God loves everyone. 1 John 4 verse 10 says that here in his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And in John 3 verse 16, we read, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So if God loves everyone, what does he mean by I hated Esau. Well, in Hebrews, it says of Jesus, I'm reading here Hebrews 1 verse 9, Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Now, an example of the iniquity the Lord hates is found in Proverbs chapter 6 verse 16 to 19. I'm reading here, These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. From verse 17, A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. Now, in this list, you'll note that it all has to do with behaviour. God doesn't hate the sinner. He hates the things they do. Now, if you do the things God loves, well, Jesus said you'll experience opposition, particularly from those you love. Jesus explained this in Luke 14, verse 26 to 27. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also... He cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. That's in Luke 14, verse 26 to 27. So when it comes to our life of sin, Jesus said, unless we hate it, we cannot be his disciple. That life will be an obstacle in obeying God and living for him. Paul expressed the right attitude regarding his old life of sin. He said this in Philippians 3, verse 8, Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, 
and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Now, it's the same thing with your family and relatives. Jesus explained in Matthew 10, verse 34 to 39, Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. What Jesus was saying here is that when you try to do the right thing, regardless of the consequences, you'll make enemies, even of those of your own household. But we can't let that prospect discourage us from serving God. Jesus went on to explain in verse 37, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. So, this is it. It's not that we are to hate our family or relatives. We just can't allow them to prevent us from serving God with our whole heart. If we do, then we are loving them more than we love God. Now, Jesus said in Matthew 22, verse 37 to 40, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So, it comes down, you see, to choices. Each day, we're left with a choice. Are we going to serve God or ourselves and sin? I'm reminded of Joshua, uh, Joshua's words many centuries uh, later from Jacob. He said he challenged uh, Jacob's descendants, the nation of Israel, to make a choice. Now, we don't have time to go into the history of, of uh, what was behind this uh, decision here or this um, incident, but I- I'm just encouraged by these words. He challenged them to serve God or to serve their idols. Now, he says here in Joshua 24, verse 15, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I find a lot of encouragement from those words. You know, when we believe on Jesus and make the choice to serve him, God counts us as his sons and daughters. I shared that in episodes 29 and 30. But what if we choose not to put our faith in him? What if we choose to serve ourselves? Then what? Well, John gives us the answer, I think. He says here in John 3 verse 36, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. So, this is how it is when it comes to salvation. God chooses those who he has foreseen will choose him. Elsewhere, he calls them his elect. It's not that God arbitrarily chooses them to be saved. Jesus died for everyone. But those who God counts as his elect have chosen to exercise faith in him and in doing so have surrendered themselves to a life of obedience. 
That's why Jesus said in Matthew 7.21, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. And John writes, the Apostle John writes in Revelation verse uh, chapter 22, verse 14, Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. Now, when it comes to the declaration, Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated, we've got to understand the context. That was a quote from Malachi 1 verses 2 to 5. God declared there how much he favoured Jacob and the Israelites more than Esau and the Edomites. Through every period of the history of Jacob's descendants, Israel as a nation could not deny that God had remarkably appeared on their behalf to preserve them. However, he says in verse 3 of Malachi 1, I hated Esau and laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. You see, through wars and various other means, the land where Esau established himself and his descendants eventually became a barren wilderness. In Romans 9, Paul is making the point that Israel, though at times deserving of becoming a wasteland like Edom, had been mercifully preserved by God as a nation up until the birth, death and resurrection of Jesus. But their election as the people of God was purely God's prerogative and done for his own divine purpose. However, God's choice to preserve Israel as a nation did not guarantee that he would save everyone born a Jew. Paul declared in verses 6 to 8, They are not all Israel which are of Israel, neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children. But in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise accounted for the seed. That's Romans 9 verse 6 to 8. God counts as his children all those who respond in faith to the gospel promise made to Abraham. Abraham had faith in that promise and it bore fruit in his life. I shared in episode 45 that Abraham kept God's commandments, statutes and laws. His obedience was the fruit of his faith in God, and so it will be with all who have the faith of Abraham. So, when God said, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated, he was just saying, I have preferred Jacob as a nation above Esau as a nation. Not that he was actually hating Esau in in its person. Now, that's the same way we are to prefer God above our family and friends. Now, regarding Esau on a personal level, his own destiny, like everyone else, will be determined by the choices he made. Let me share from Ellen White on this. I'm reading here from her book, Patriarchs and Prophets, page 207 and 208. She writes here, Esau and Jacob had alike been instructed in the knowledge of God, and both were free to walk in his commandments and to receive his favour. But they had not both chosen to do this. There was no arbitrary choice on the part of God by which Esau was shut out from the blessings of salvation. The gifts of his grace through Christ are free to all. There is no election but one's own by which he may perish. God has set forth in his word the conditions upon which every soul will be elected to eternal life. Obedience to his commandments through faith in Christ. 
God has elected a character in harmony with his law, and anyone who shall reach the standard of his requirement will have an entrance into the kingdom of glory. As regard man's final salvation, this is the only election brought to view in the word of God, and that is Revelation 22.14, as I shared before. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. Every soul is elected who will work out his own salvation with fear and trembling. He is elected who will put on the armor and fight the good fight of faith. He is elected who will watch under prayer, who will search the scriptures and flee from temptation. He is elected who will have faith continually and who will be obedient to every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. The provisions of redemption are free to all. The results of redemption will be enjoyed by those who have complied with the conditions. So you see, the primary difference here in the outlook of Jacob and Esau, I believe, was that Esau looked to this world and its material pleasures and pursuits. He gave himself over to it. Jacob, on the other hand, as we've seen, looked to the things above and to the things unseen. And he will have his reward. And so will we if we, as Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18, Look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So today we have a choice. We can choose to live for this world in sin, or we can choose to live for Christ in faith and obedience. The choice is yours. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your love and mercy to us. We thank you for this meditation this morning. We thank you for this reminder of the need for us to choose this day whom we will serve. Let us, Lord, realize that this world and all that it has to offer is nothing in comparison to the things that are unseen, to the reward, the eternal reward we have in store for us in heaven. Let us keep our eyes fixed on you, fixed on Jesus, and let your love inspire us to a life of service and obedience as Jacob lived. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to the 7am Bible this morning. I trust you've gained a blessing from it. And remember, wherever you are today, wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, be prayerful, be careful, take the Lord with you, and have a great day. And I look forward to you joining me for the next episode of the 7am Bible. Jesus, your Lord, and
up to the prize of your calling so high. The triumph at last, so sure. Put on the armor of God. Fight ye the good fight of Yeah. Mm-hmm.